réplique. Réveille-toi. Il est midi. Tu dors encore. Réveille-toi. N'écoute pas Babylone. Il t'est fourni des armes pour tuer ton peuple. N'écoute pas Afrique. Afrique Nanga Oyamba, toi cheveux crepus. Bato Mayele Bosimbani Babige. Oya Bilanga Bosimbani Bakongo. Simbani Maboko Mamuna le Kateo Afrika. Malobate. Monsalande. Africa, Mobali Yamingao, Africa, Hatona Mosolo, Africa. Welcome today, Saturday, for joining us today in Baltimore. This is your host, Patricia Lokwa, joining you with Kamali from Chicago. Kamali, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, enjoying uh, the Sunday, uh, uh, Saturday, actually. Uh, it's kind of rainy here in Chicago, and um, I keep saying I look forward to being in the studio, and I'm still not showing up. I need to make it there very soon. Well, I myself had an opportunity to visit Chicago recently. It's a beautiful city, and whoever has never been to Chicago, I recommend that you go. There's a lot of great sights, and I had an opportunity to meet some old friends, so it was a, a great trip. Uh, altogether, Kamali, uh, for the show we have today, actually, it's Keeping Congo Alive, a Congolese journey from the motherland to America. Our two guests will be joining us a little later today, and they're going to share their stories of how they came from the Congo to the USA and some of their accomplishments that they've had since they've been here uh, in the USA. And we want to remind our guests not to forget to call our number at 401 or 8-1-10-10. We want to make sure that, um, you, I'm sorry, it was 410. I don't want to give you the wrong area code. That's um, for Baltimore, but it's 410-481-1010. And we want you guys to call today and share with us some of your stories of um, immigrating here from the Congo or wherever it may be. But before we do, if Kambali, you can share with the news with us today of what's happening in the Congo. Yes, and we want to keep the story of our brother, uh, two brothers who are still in prison in Kinshasa. Uh, Fred Bauma and Yves Makwambala, who have been uh, in, uh, arrested since mid-March. And uh, they've been uh, charged with high treason. Uh, what they've actually done that the Congolese government is dubbing as the wrong thing to do uh, is that they engage uh, young Congolese in uh, civic matters, not requiring our Congolese citizens to do more for their country. Uh, so we want to make sure to let our listeners know uh, they are still in prison. Uh, for those of us, uh, those who are listening to the, the show who may have contact, uh, to continue to put pressure on the Congolese government uh, to free these young uh, fine men who are fighting for the country to make Congo a better country. On the political end, we have uh, the Congolese president, as we mentioned last week, who's, uh, who called for a dialogue, a national dialogue. And uh, the major political parties in Congo have disagreed with the Congolese president on that matter, uh, where they're not participating in, uh, into this dialogue, seeing that as another attempt for the, from the Congolese president uh, to latch on to power. Uh, the only uh, political party from the opposition uh, which has agreed uh, to participate in this dialogue is uh, the political party called UDPS. Uh, this is still coming as a shock to many Congolese of uh, why uh, they chose to do so. Uh, and uh, we hope 
uh, that uh, they will change their mind soon and uh, stay at the side of the Congolese people as they demand change in the country. Um, another uh, important action that took place in the Congo is that Congolese elected officials have sent a letter to Obama about the situation in the Congo and uh, urging the U.S. President Barack Obama to appoint a special envoy to the Great Lakes region. While uh, many may read this as a positive action from Congolese elected official, as a young Congolese and as a young African, it's quite disturbing that uh, Congolese elected officials will send a letter to the U.S. president for a national matter that they can uh, resolve. Um, it's important uh, to remember that, you know, unfortunately, uh, many African countries, including the Congo, they are still under tutelage, and this is a perfect example that shows the, uh, the over-reliance of uh, the Congolese political elite uh, to outside forces to solve internal problems. Uh, two positive stories uh, to share. One is uh, the Kenyan bank. Uh, uh, there is a Kenyan bank that is going to be investing in Congo. Uh, they've uh, just purchased a Congolese bank called Procredit Bank Congo. Uh, they made the announcement on, on the 26th. Uh, they're buying 79% of the bank. Uh, I see that as a positive um, is because we're seeing uh, Africans empowering other Africans, our, Kenyans, our Kenyan brothers coming to the Congo for investment uh, to help uh, the Congolese as they try to bring, uh, come out uh, under the yoke of uh, Western um, support. So that, that's positive to see continental support uh, of other Africans. And lastly, uh, but not the, the least story, but is the, the announcement that the Congolese doctor Jean-Jacques Mouyembe has been awarded a prize, uh, Christophe Merieux, by a French institute. Uh, and the prize is uh, 500,000 euros, uh, which is probably over, what, $800,000. But uh, it's, uh, it's important to know why he has been awarded. Jean-Jacques Mouyembe is a Congolese doctor who actually discovered the Ebola uh, virus, or I should say, was the first doctor on site when the first case of Ebola arrived in the world, and that was in the Congo, uh, specifically in the village of Yambuku. So, uh, it, and that was in 1976. So, as uh, the first Ebola outbreak took place, he actually went on site, um, discovered the virus, and worked to treat the people in the, in the area, and it successfully stopped the spread of the virus. And over the years and decades, he has contributed so much in the research to uh, cure and stop the spread of the Ebola virus. And we are very happy uh, to see our own doctor, Dr. Jean-Jacques Mouyembe, being awarded a prize for his work that he's done for over three decades to stop the Ebola virus on the African continent. And thank you for giving us the news of what's happening in the Congo. And for now, we're going to listen to Lukoki by Franco Luamba. Luambo with OK Jazz. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 
were just listening to Franco Luambo Makiadi singing Lukoki. Lukoki is a song that's sung in Kikongo, and it talks about a person by the name of Lukoki who goes from one place to another without looking back and without remembering where they're coming from. And um, today our show, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be having two guests, and our guests are going to be giving us their stories about their journey from Congo here into the USA and keeping Congo alive, a Congolese journey from the motherland to America. And with the first guest that we have for the show today, um, by the name of Kendinga Andy Mbui, currently serves as the president Cong- Congolese of the community. I'm sorry, the president of the Congolese community in Chicago. He holds a bachelor degree in science and in economic from State University of New York College of Buffalo. He worked for the consumer lending industry for lending banking institutions in the East Coast and Midwest. And we has a passion for community service and making connections that enable us to progress. And I know we have a second guest who's actually a, a good friend of yours. Uh, Kambale, maybe you can present uh, Kingoli Patrick Chilenge for us and give us his bio a little bit. Yes, very honored to have uh, Kingole on the show. Uh, Kingole Chilenge is a young Congolese born, in, born and raised in Congo who is currently residing in the United States. Uh, he has a bachelor degree in biomedical engineering from the University of Connecticut. He has served as the president of the African Student Association at the University of Connecticut. It's actually uh, when I uh, first met him uh, as a very energetic uh, young Congolese uh, helping other brothers and sisters to um, know about the African continent, but also being able to help uh, getting the story of the Congo out. Uh, Chilenge is also uh, the co-founder of the Kimpavinta Institute, in French is Institute Kimpavinta, and the Kimpavinta Institute is a, an organization uh, currently hosting leadership retreats for young Congolese uh, across the world where they come for a seven days intensive training on leadership and um, I hope you will share more with us as uh, we continue the show. And welcome. Thank you for joining us, Patrick Chilingi. Are you there? Yes. How are you? Hi, we're doing good. Welcome to Congo Live. It's an honor to have you on our show today. Thank you. It's an honor for me to be here. Thank you for the invitation. So keeping up with the show and what we're talking about, our journeys coming from the Congo into the USA, if you can share with us a little bit about what, what was your experience like coming into the USA? Well, uh, it was it was uh, an interesting experience. I I left the Congo uh, when I was fairly young, and uh, I came to the U.S. and I quickly had to adjust to the culture and had to adjust to all these new realities here in America. Was the process and, uh, easy or difficult for you? How was it? Well, the process was the process was difficult and. Uh, my solution was my family. I was able to fall back on my family and uh, the community in the city where I lived, in Bridgeport, Connecticut. I was able to fall back on the community, fall back on my family, and, you know, fall back on uh, my church, for example. So that made the transition uh, more doable. Oh, that's a, that's something really interesting to think about when we think about um, community and the importance of family in our lives. And speaking of community, we have Mr. Mbui, who's also on the line with us. Welcome, and thank you for calling us. Are you calling us from Chicago today? Yes, hello, Mr. Mbui, are you there? 
Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, we hear you better. We had a little difficulty there. But uh, are you calling us from Chicago? Yes, I am. And how are the Congolese doing over there in Chicago? We want to say moti to all of you. Oh, well, thanks a lot. We are very well, and we are gearing up for the uh, celebration of the Congolese independence uh, coming at the end of this month. Oh, that's always oh, a great thing. I know here in D.C. we're going to be doing the same, eating kwanga, pondu, madesu, and all that good stuff, and dancing some dombolos. It's always a, a great thing to meet with uh, different members of the community. If you can exactly. share with us... Please a little spare some kwanga for me. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, what was your experience like coming in from the Congo? What led you to leave Congo and come into the U.S.A.? Well, uh, my experience has been, uh, I'll say at the end of the day, uh, uh, rewarding. Uh, it was, uh, of course, you know, the cultural adjustment is always something that takes uh, some, uh, uh, some challenges. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, when you uh, actually uh, landed in uh, Buffalo, New York, so weather uh, was definitely uh, up there in the list of things that I have to overcome as far as the winter. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to say, uh, ultimately, because I you know, had uh, family and friends uh, around, it provides a good support system, uh, especially in terms of finding direction, uh, finding support into integrating the uh, American fabric. Uh, so that's uh, definitely something that I come to appreciate. Where you land, the people that help you is really uh, uh, is really something. The rest is also up to uh, how you live life. You know what you make of challenges of uh, uh, new environments and how you adapt to things like that. Do you welcome them or do you like to stay secure in the things that uh, that you know? I'm pretty uh, open as a person. I like new experiences. So. That uh, aspect of my personality uh, uh, helped me a lot. And uh, along the line, I've had a lot of luck, too. So I, I wouldn't take the, all the credit for myself. So speaking of the Congolese community, you being the leader and you being the person they've selected, what are your responsibilities and what is your role within the Congolese community in creating this organization? What is it that you want to get from the people? As a president of the Congolese community, my role is defined as uh, the one who provides leadership in the execution of the vision of the organization. The vision of uh, the organization is centered around uh, three pillars. One is uh, we want to foster bonds of friendship in the Congolese diaspora. Uh, two is we want to facilitate the integration of the American society. And three, we want to be a bridge uh, between uh, Congolese of Chicago and the Congo. So. In, ha- in whatever shape or form I uh, can help execute uh, that vision, uh, I find uh, my, my role. I hope I answer that question. Oh, and that's very uh, beautiful when you talk about bridges. I'm thinking of you, actually, uh Patrick, as he's mentioning this, um, I know you guys have uh, Institut Kipavita. Uh, can you share a little bit more about, you know, what are some bridges that you guys are trying to build between the Congolese communities all throughout the world? And why do you feel that it's important? I believe you invite people who are 18 and 30 who fill out a resume and they come in. Can you give us a little bit more about the vision for Kimpavita? Absolutely. Well, uh, the purpose of the Institute is to uh, bring together uh, young Congolese leaders who are either currently uh, current leaders or future leaders. And we're looking to give them the tools for them to uh, effectively operate, you know, in their communities or in their direct environment, either it be in their universities, um, in their churches, and uh, so forth and so forth. And the what we're trying to do is we're trying to connect the Congolese yoke 
to the issues of the Congo and to the realities of the Congo. Mm. You know, that also includes the opportunities in the Congo. Um, for example, as one of the co-founders, I've also had the chance to grow within the organization and within my vision of the Congo altogether. So I went from uh, bringing together um, these Congolese individuals to train them to going back to the Congo myself and mm. seeing what the reality was like on the ground and connecting to some of the people back home. So we're looking to, um, to some extent, if I could say, initiate all of our participants to the struggles of the Congo and to the issues of the Congo. And we're looking to find solutions together as to how we can make a difference in our, in our respective communities and eventually in the Congo itself. And we may have parents and some children who may be listening who are Congolese that may want to know, where do they go if they want to be part of Kimpavita and what are some of the requirements? Absolutely. They can uh, visit our website. It's uh, kimpavitainstitute.org and uh, you will find uh, all the information on our website. Uh, there is a link to apply. Uh, the requirements are to uh, be between the ages of uh, 18 and 18 and 30 and uh, to complete the application, to complete the application completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, once the application is completed, uh, we will attempt to, once the application is completed, uh, we will reach out to all of the applicants. Uh, we have a, a review process. Mm-hmm. And uh, once we complete, which includes an, uh, a phone interview, and uh, once we complete the review process, we will inform all the participants, you know, of uh, the status of the application, and uh, we will inform them of, you know, the program mm. to ensue. So altogether, if I can share, um, mm-hmm. last weekend we had a small community event in the city, in the Canadian capital, in Ottawa. Ottawa and is there a specific city you're talking? In Ottawa, Ottawa. Ottawa. Ontario, Canada. Okay, okay. We had a small event where we brought together parents and their children, and we were talking about uh, the heritage. We're talking about the struggles that parents have to share, you know, the cultural heritage to their children, or the difficulties that the children have in uh, to being initiated to the realities of the Congo. So, in the midst of that event. We gave parents, you know, we had the parents on one side and their kids on the other side, and we gave the parents an opportunity to uh, talk about the efforts that, you know, they put to to initiate their children and to, to share, you know, to share their community experience and so far and so forth. And we also gave a chance to the younger people to talk about the difficulties that they have to even identify to the Congolese roots. And altogether, it was great to bring the two together. And it was the source of uh, great conversations. And those are some of the issues that we're looking to address as an organization. And thank you for mentioning the importance of bringing people together. Uh, Mr. Mbui, you were speaking a little earlier about a celebration and some events that are coming up. Can you share a little bit with us? What are these events and what is the importance of it? You know, Who organized it and brought it together? 
Uh, definitely. So at the end of uh, the Congolese independence uh, is on uh, June the 30th. And this year, what we want to do, I want to do two things. Is that, first of all, um, the weekend of the 4th of July, all Congolese of uh, uh, major uh, metropolitan areas in the uh, United States are gathering uh, about two or three hours from here in the city of Champaign, Illinois, for a soccer tournament. It's going to be a two-day event. Uh, the soccer tournament is going to be kicked off on the Friday. It's going to end uh, on Saturday early in the afternoon, and there will be a, a, um, a big party at the end. So you have uh, Congolese of most uh, major metropolitan cities in the United States, about at least uh, 12 of them, coming together, celebrating the independence, uh, making new connection. But we also have uh, a barbecue uh, locally in Chicago uh, by the lake, uh, which is a tradition that we always uh, stay uh, true to. And uh, it's just an opportunity for uh, folks in Chicago and those who won't be able to drive like the, the three hours uh, in the city next to us uh, just to come together and as well as share some, uh, uh, like I say, kwanga, pondu. Ah, and, that uh, sounds so good. What about Pilipili? Is there going to be Pilipili there too? Are you going to have Pilipili there too? Oh, you, you bet who has Pilipili. <laughs> ah, danger, no, Kanzala. <laughs> but um, in general, we wanted to bring in a song. The name of the song is Vo- Voyage, and it's by Wenge Musica BZBG, 4 sur 4. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about our journey, and maybe we can hear a little bit more from Kambali, some of his questions that he may have for you. Okay. <laughs> Nous n'avons pas de 
qui s'abattit le caca pour la voyage. Pepo et comata, ma soua et cochola et moutema, mawa. Thank you for joining us today on Congo Live. Please don't forget to call us today. Or for all our listeners, our number is 410-481-1010. Make sure you follow us on Facebook on Congo Live and follow us on Twitter and go on our page on congolive.org as uh, we share with you the authentic voice of the Congolese people. And uh, back to our guest, Mr. Mbui Enchilingi. Are you there? Yes, yes, we're here. Oh, well, thank you for joining us again on Congo Live. Um, I meant to ask you, Mr. Mbouye, you didn't share with us uh, where exactly in Champagne will this soccer ma- tournament be taking place? And where do people go if they want to find out more information or participate? Oh, okay. So uh, the, uh, the event is advertised on our website, congochicago.org. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, like I said, it's going to be two days. Uh, we'll be there the Friday the 3rd and Saturday the 4th. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be uh, soccer games the whole day uh, on Friday. And uh, the next day, we'll wrap up the soccer tournament and there will be a, a party not, uh, not too far. So go to Chicago.org as well as uh, some Facebook and you'll be able to see the, uh, the details. The city of Champagne is pretty uh, uh, small, so it's definitely not a place where you can get lost. And who are some of the, the, what other states are going to be joining for this soccer tournament? Is it just Chicago playing, or do you have other states who are also bringing in their teams? Oh, actually, uh, we have um, uh, the city of the Congolese in the city of Raleigh, mm. the city of Charlotte, Atlanta. We have D.C., we have um, uh, Dallas, we have St. Louis, Missouri, we have uh, Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin, and um, it's about uh, 10 cities. The, uh, the list is very exhaustive. 10 or 12 cities that will be uh, gathering together in Champaign for that tournament. Great. Uh, I have a question for you, um, Andy. You know, you yes. prob- uh, it's more you didn't expect this question, but I will let you know. Um, it's uh, the whole discussion about uh, why it was important uh, to have uh, you on the show. And... Um, I'm, I'm going to preface my question with uh, a story, right? Uh, the reason okay. why I was very impressed uh, by your leadership in Chicago was uh, when I initially came here a couple years ago. Uh, the fact that you came to the event, you know, we were doing events at the Trinity Church of Christ. Uh, you brought people with you. Uh, this was a awareness event at the church. And then uh, I almost missed my flight. Uh, that that weekend, and you made sure uh, that I didn't miss my flight. You know, you came to pick me up from the train station, drove me right to the airport, and you went beyond expectation. Um, beside all the other conversation we had, we had, you went beyond expectation to help me uh, in the city, and I saw that as a um, a skill that not many leaders have to make sure that their community members are okay. And that goes to why did you decide to run for uh, office, for, uh, to be the president of the Congolese community? And what is it that you bring into the table that you don't think other Congolese may have or something that's unique about yourself? And lastly, what are the challenges 
you are facing as the president of the Congolese community in Chicago and how you are overcoming them? Well, uh, Kambale, thanks for your question. You actually told me that they were going to be an easy question today. If I knew you were going to ask that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Leave it up to Kambale for those questions. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let me give you the uh, the official <laughs> version. Why did I uh, get involved with the Congolese community uh, in, uh, in its leadership? First of all, uh, I believe in giving back. Uh, I believe in serving and making an impact uh, to our community. I deeply uh, know that uh, there must be a reason for the connections that we make and especially all the places that we find ourselves. You know, these, uh, all the circumstances of life, we, we, we have to bring uh, something to the people that we associate ourselves with because we also have something to receive and something to learn from. And uh, in the process, all of us grow, and uh, uh, everyone is better off. You know, I see people saying already that, okay, that's the big kumbaya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but let me also uh, be uh, very honest, is that um, I arrived in Chicago in uh, 2008, late 2008, and I received a warm welcome uh, from the community here. Uh, in the process, I built friendship, and I earned the trust of uh, people in the community uh, that ran the organization at the time, and uh, I want to say I was uh, also heavily recruited, <laughs> whereby uh, I started getting involved, attending events, and uh, uh, the leadership uh, said, "I'm saying, hey, Andy, you know, you've been to the events, and you know, why don't you start, you know, joining the uh, uh, the leadership team?" And then, uh, okay, start getting involved. Before you know it, there's a position of VP that opens, and then I serve as a VP for a year, and. Uh, then the president steps back and says, you know, you've been doing a good job. People know you. People love you. You know, I think uh, I say there. So just to keep myself honest, uh, you know, it's just my, my character tends to lead me to serve. Uh, but also, you know, there are people who uh, are kind of notice some things that you have and uh, make a room so that uh, that can be expressed to, uh, to a greater audience. Now, uh, what do I bring uh, to the table? Uh, at the end of the day, you know, the uh, community work is, uh, is a teamwork. You know, you get, you're only as good as the people you associate yourself with. And the team in uh, the Congolese of commun- community of Chicago, uh, in our leadership, is really great. They make, they make your job look easy because we have a few people that are committed uh, to dedicate a little bit of their time but making sure that uh, it's impactful. Where I come in and where I think I bring my personal touch is that I like to build on foundations, things that are there, but that can be improved, that can be made better. And also, as far as vision is concerned, I like to make that uh, the uh, full potential of an organization or somebody is brought forth. Uh, I like to work in a team uh, because that's where I derive the most value because of different background, bringing their ideas, their resources, their way of seeing things, and how that uh, comes to play. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the difference that I bring to the community. I hope I, I answered uh, your question. Uh, you definitely answered the question. I think it's important in a leadership role to have the trust of the people. And I sense from what you're sharing with us that people trust you in Chicago if they're pushing for you and they know that you have their best interest at heart. Knock on wood, that's still the case. <laughs> <laughs> Same for you, Patrick, uh, Kingole Chilenge. Um, w- what has been you know, the challenges that you have faced uh, as a leader within uh, the Kimpavinta Institute? How have you overcome them? 
Well, uh, we have faced we have faced uh, quite a bit of challenges altogether. Uh, the biggest challenge has to do with the fact that uh, there is a lack of belief. There's a lack of belief in uh, most of our community. Whenever we attempt to you know to create initiatives, uh, when we try to reach out to different communities and so forth, um, they always question our motives. You know, always question our motives to know. Uh, whether it is um, something of interest to us or whether we're promoting some sort of, uh, if I can even say, political agenda and uh, so far and so forth. And the best thing, um, the best approach is to to understand, to understand the community that we're trying to reach, to understand the concerns, to understand the apprehension, and to attempt to uh, share the vision where we can highlight the common interests that we have. Like, for example, in Ottawa, uh, the future of the children, the future and the education of the children in our community, it's an interest to all of us. It's an interest to the King Private Institute, and it's also of interest to the individuals in the community. So it's always important for us to highlight the common interests that we have and to have a clear, transparent message in terms of what we are looking to do. And uh, a lot of times it allows us to, you know, to complete our objectives. It allows us to get our message across, you know. Uh, I don't know if I answered the No, no, no. I think uh, that's an important thing to keep in mind. I know um, me, myself, I've been keeping, I started, I found out about Kimpavita, I would say last year, and I started to look more into it because I myself was interested in um, participating, but time just didn't allow. And what I found very interesting was you have these students who come in and they learn something, but what's mostly that was most touching for me was coming out of there, they started to get involved within their own communities. And I found that to be very interesting. And I was like, you know, what are they teaching them in Kimpavita that when they come in, they're one individual. And now that they're coming out, you see them getting involved in the UK. You get them, you see them getting involved in Toronto, wherever they may be. What are some lessons that you guys teach some of these students so that when they come out, they're motivated to get involved in the community? Well, we what we do is we uh, one of the first events that we do is uh, we try to connect to you know we try to connect to uh, our Congolese identity you know we try to reflect on our memories of the Congo or you know the different thoughts that we have on the Congo and we will, you will always find that uh, everyone has a certain pride or nostalgia about the Congo and once we all get to learn about the Congo and its potential and all of these things, uh, to some extent, the students understand that their enthusiasm is justified. And they also understand that they have a role to play to, uh, in making the difference. You know? So that's where they find that energy to go back to their community and to you know, uh, share their experience from the Institute or to take other initiatives. And I know it's very important that we leave a footprint wherever we may be in the USA. I know we all have a story of coming from the Congo and coming to a land that's unknown and trying to really get an understanding of who you are while you're trying to learn a different language and learn a different culture. Uh, why do you feel that it's important that, and this is my uh, question is for Mr. Mbui, that the Congolese community 
come together and do these kinds of events? How is it beneficial for the community as a whole when we're looking at what is happening in the Congo, even with what Kamali is sharing in the news? Why is this essential for us living outside of the uh, Congo? A very interesting question. You know, uh, I want to take you back to an anecdote. You know, um, when you think about the the great civilization, there is um, the Romans always come to mind because the Romans believed uh, something. So in all the conquest, the Romans were the only people who did not uh, destroy a city and then bring back the spoil back to Rome because they believed that wherever you are and you grow the most and you contribute the most to the value, you call it home. So that's why they went into a place, they established a Roman way of life, and they learned from uh, the civilization there. So it's important that as a community, that when we get to a place, uh, that goes back to one of the pillars of our uh, of the Congolese community vision, which is to facilitate the integration of the American society. So you come in the U.S., which is one of uh, uh, the blessed uh, uh, country uh, on earth as Congolese, what do you make of uh, this opportunity? You need to be able, first of all, to connect to your fellow Congolese because you find out uh, uh, that goes back to one of our motto, which is we want to be a home away from home. It's like you find out that Congolese understand certain things that you go through when there are certain emergencies or crisis in the family. Congolese identify to what you go through, for example, when there's a funeral, you know, we come together, we know what's going on, things of that nature. You need the support system of people who understand your culture. But at the same time, you come in the U.S. and you're not in the Congo anymore. You need to integrate the society, take advantage of the opportunity, and be useful as well. So in that case, you, uh, uh, as a person, as an immigrant, needs to find the resources that will guide you to help navigate uh, uh, the system and make the best out of this opportunity. You know, there's a, a very uh, dear uncle of mine who uh, said to me one thing, you know, he said, you becoming strong wherever you are is the biggest help you can make from, uh, from the Congo. And I take that uh, very much at heart. You come here in the U.S. or there's a community that, uh, country that you find yourself into, you connect to people who understand your culture. But at the same time, you take advantage of uh, uh, the opportunity that is given to you to integrate the fabric of the society by becoming strong. For example, you see uh, what Mutombo Dikembe was, uh, was able to do. What if Mutombo Dikembe came in the United States and said that, you know what, I really hate the way of life here. I cannot stand the winter and I want to go back home. Okay, so he goes back home and keeps playing basketball there and never becomes anybody. But he comes here in the U.S., you know, studies here, and it's in the NBA, make a mark, and now he's able to raise funds and raise money to be a voice for the Congo, and he builds a hospital uh, in the Congo. So that's where uh, uh, I see the importance of connecting and the importance of uh, integration. Um, that, that's very interesting perspective. And as I listen to you, I'm actually thinking of you, Patrick. Um, as you hear this, what would you say, what are the future leaders of Congo? What does what the future leader of Congo look like when you're thinking about Kimpavita and what you guys are trying to accomplish? What is a future leader of Congo and what are some things that we need to consider as we're coming into these countries and we're going to school? What are some things that we need within the Congo? The future leader of the Congo is every Congolese person who has a cer- certain potential to bring to the table. Beautiful, beautiful, yes. You know, and uh, that goes with 
uh, Kim Pavita herself, you know, the historic figure, uh, who's also known as Donna Beatrice. So she was a young lady who had a certain passion for people and for, you know, uh, religious teachings. And she had a passion for the studies of spirituality. And once she got a certain understanding of uh, what was taking place during her time, she was moved to starting a movement where she will unite most of her people, you know, to change ways, to take grasp of their religion and to, uh, to some extent, stand together against those who were colonizing them. And that's something that, that's a call that we must all have as individuals, in the sense that uh, for those of us who are here in the United States, those of us who are in France, we are Congolese. The Congo is who we are, and we have different potentials to bring to the table. So we must be able to utilize the potential, the skills, the expertise that we've acquired in all these countries to promote the best interest of the Congo. Now, for me, for example, uh, as Kambale mentioned, we were both engineering students when we uh, when we first when we first met, and I was very interested in what he did and how he promoted the Congo. And at the time, I didn't know what I could do, how I could help, how I could be part of the movement. But over time. I realized that I can actually utilize my uh, professional expertise to make a difference in the Congo. So um, I had a chance to go back in the Congo just to be brief and um, to see if I can, since I'm a biomedical engineer, to see if I could find ways to start an initiative where I can uh, bring medical equipment back home or start a medical facility back home where um, I can possibly employ... Uh, Congolese college students, you know, who are in need, the technicians and so forth. Absolutely. So oh, go ahead. We all have uh, something to bring to the table. We all have certain abilities. And we are the different organs that make up the Congo. You know, so we, all, we are all valuable. Absolutely. And I want to hear a little bit more about what your visions are for some of these young students coming in for Kimpavite. And I want to hear from Mr. Mbui about the Congolese community in Chicago. And we want to remind our listeners to call us at 410-481-1010 for any questions for our guest today. But before we do that, let's listen to Voyage by Wenge Musica. Um, and he's... and. I'm sorry, the name of the song is Esque by Pip Papa Wimba, and uh, it will be coming right now.
Voici le seul Et viens ma conda listening to Papa Wimba Esker and the song basically asks do you think of me because my thoughts look for you all the time and speaking of thinking back to our memories we, were, we have our two guests who are on the show with us today as Mr. Mui and we also have um, Patrick who's also joining us from Kimpa Vita who's sharing with us a little bit about this organization which was started not too long ago and if you can share with us who are some of the people who are involved in Kimpa Vita that help you along this journey in recruiting some of these young Congolese across the world well, uh, we've had, um, we have had many people uh, uh, who helped with the recruiting. Kambali uh, was one of the founders of the Kimpavita Institute. And uh, him, along with uh, many people, Friends of the Congo, other initiatives, other uh, community structures, have mm-hmm. um, all contributed in recruiting and fundraising for the Kimpavita Institute. And when I talk to, when I uh, talk to uh, different organizations, uh, to different entities about KVI, I tell them that it's an organization that we started and we are the source. Mm. You know, we are the source and we have to, we have to develop things on our own. You know, so that it could be our initiative, so that we could take ownership of that initiative, so it will not get away from us. You know, so everyone, everyone is called to join, to help in recruiting, to help in raising funds, because the institute is there for all, and we are addressing everyone's concerns. I find it very interesting how you say that um, Kimpavita, it takes everybody's involvement to make it what it is. I know from doing a little bit of research, you had actually some students from the past who actually came back and 
shared a little bit of their knowledge that they've gained throughout the years and said, you know what, I was part of this organization. I like what it did for me. And now I want to also join. And I also want to give back to my community. What are some um, things that you find interesting in bringing these new ideas into Kimpavita? You guys have the foundation as being co-founders. But what is the importance of bringing people back and having them share some of their ideas for what it's going to take for this to work? Well, the the institute is for it's for them you know mm. it's for them it's not only to train them but it's to give them uh, a space where they can build on that leadership and where they could you know bring their initiatives and bring pretty much all that they have to offer you know uh this year we have an administrative team of five mm-hmm. and of the five administrators three are former students wow that's really great Yes, three or former students, uh, mostly from the first year. And from the get-go, uh, we are looking to show our participants that they are valuable, that they have the solutions altogether. But we are working together to find ways to get to that solution. I think it's important when you mes- mes- mention the importance of finding solutions. You know, we see... Uh, we hear a lot of stories and see what is happening within the Congo. You know, we all have a different story of how we ended up here in America. And I think it's beautiful to see two, you know, very strong, brilliant Congolese young men and men who are just going within their communities and saying, you know what, I'm not just going to sit aside. I'm going to get involved in whichever way that I can and bring some of my skills to the table so that we can recruit people within the community so that we can start making a change not only within our community, but it can also start affecting change all throughout. Um, When I think of you, Mr., for example, Mbui, and what you're doing in the Congolese community, I know in the past I've had an opportunity to go to some of these uh, soccer tournaments. Can you share with us a little bit of, um, besides the soccer games, what are some activities that people can look forward to and the sorts of music that people can look forward to as they come to these events? And what is the conversation like? Sure, definitely. So, uh, of course, you know, when you get uh, Congolese in the diaspora that come together on an event such as this, mm-hmm. you know, it's around uh, connecting to what's going on back home, what is in our experience, and of course, you know, the, the talks that uh, go around the, uh, our culture, whether that is the, uh, what our musicians are doing, what the local politicians <laughs> are doing, mm-hmm. and uh, the challenges that we face in integrating, integrating the, uh, uh, the American fabric. That's Typically, what uh, uh, you you look forward to, and of course, uh, Congolese are uh, advocate of uh, of fashion. So definitely, when you come to a Congolese party, uh, you look forward to be uh, uh, I want to say impressed, inspired, <laughs> sometimes uh, even amazed uh, by uh, the latest uh, trend in fashion uh, that uh, uh, we all embrace. Of course, these are the joys of life that uh, you cannot take uh, away from Congolese music, fashion, uh, food, and uh, things of that nature. But we, beyond that, uh, we do also other things. Uh, in the community, we partner a lot to be uh, uh, some kind of bridge or an advocate for, uh, for the community. And we understand that it takes uh, us to uh, reach out to other po- people who have a better resources, who have a better reach, a larger audience than us. 
for the Congolese community to be effective. So we are blessed to have a, a local partnership even in the community when we organize an event. For example, I'm going to give a shout out to the uh, uh, University of Loyola. Mm. The University of Loyola has um, a student initiative that uh, kind of celebrate a Congo week every year. Every, every year, I believe in the month of uh, September, they organize uh, uh, a week where they advocate uh, the issues uh, of the Congo. Those are, are American students uh, with, in an American college who takes at heart the issue of the Congo. So we make sure that the event is successful. We show up, you know, at the end of the day, we always share, like, you know, some Congolese food that nature. We also partnered uh, once with the uh, University of uh, in Chicago, where there was um, uh, a Congo Week, uh, no, the uh, Congo Reclaiming Your Destiny uh, um, uh, session organized that regrouped all Congolese uh, uh, of the diaspora, uh, people who were in academia, people who were in the arts, and uh, to talk about what's happening in the Congo, the culture, uh, uh, what are some of the solutions uh, uh, for the uh, uh, Congo uh, dilemma? Uh, locally, we uh, of course uh, uh, we, we we support our uh, local churches who sometimes have initiatives to uh, raise awareness about uh, what's happening to children and, and women in the Congo. We do back to school events, you know, to encourage uh, the uh, 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 young, our younger students, the generation of uh, of tomorrow. So. Uh, it's not only we don't gather for uh, a soccer tournament and uh, and barbecues, but we try to have uh, events that are at the same time educative. Uh, for example, you know we we partner with the Illinois uh, Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights that actually help us to set up sessions uh, where we can invite our community members to learn about uh, uh, things like the healthcare, uh, things that uh, resources available. Let's say to to uh, to get transcript or to uh, translate your education. Uh, uh, in the Congo to uh, uh, the United States. So we try to uh, give a little blend of everything, something that's useful, something that just uh, uh, us to spend time together release pressure. Uh, mm-hmm. So that, that's typically uh, and, and thank you for sharing that with us. We want to remind our listeners who want to find out more about Kimpavita to either go on congolive.org. We'll have make sure that it's posted there on Facebook or you can follow Kimpavita on Facebook or go to kimpavita.org to get more information and Thank you for having, you know, for having the, the time to even um, come on our show, uh, Mr. Patrick, to tell us more about Kimpavita and Mr. Mbuya about the Chicago Congolese community in Chicago and some of the things that you're organizing. Um, I want to make sure that I remind our listeners to... Oh, well, actually ran out of time. Oh, my gosh. I was having such a great time having a conversation. I realized that it's uh, 2.57 in our show. It ends here today. But if you want to find out more about some of our guests and talk more about them, talk more with them, make sure you follow Kimpavita and send some of your emails to them. And they'll be able to answer some of your questions regarding the how what the process goes like and how can you get involved. And um, besides that, we thank you for joining we thank you for joining us on Congo Live, and we look forward to having you next Saturday from 1 to 2. Thanks for having us. Oh, thank you for thank having you. it. Thank you for joining us on this show. And I look forward to, I'm going to try to call you a little bit later. We can talk a little bit more about the soccer tournament because I'm interested in also coming myself. Oh, great. great <laughs> that should be great. And thank you, Patrick, for joining us today. Thank you very much, Ryan.